Praise the Lord. Come on, praise the Lord. Come on, clap your hands and give God praise in the house. We certainly honor the Lord for being here on today. I am glad to stand before you. I do recognize the fact it's no good of my own, but the tender mercy of God and his grace toward me. Uh, and so I am just godly excited to be here to give you a word from the Lord because he is God. He is Lord of my life. I know him to be a friend. I know him to be very significant in my own life. So I am just, just, just excited to be here. So I just want you to join it with me as uh, I rightly divide the word of truth. I am not a theologian. I just love preaching the word of God. And I know God called me to preach the word of God. So I just want your prayers this morning. And I certainly thank you for being here. I know you could be in your beds, uh, but nevertheless, you are here. And we are honored that you are here. Uh, our, our scripture reading this morning will come from 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse uh, 23. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23. And it reads, And the very God of peace sanctify you wholly. I pray, God, your whole uh, spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Just for thought this morning, Spiritual wholeness, spiritual wholeness. This morning, many have shared about the significance of Christ in their lives. Uh, we all know that Christ can and will make a difference in our lives. But we must accept him as Lord and Savior to see the difference that he can make. I believe when Christ is, significant, is a significant part of your life, he will make you whole. Now, it's all right to say amen. I'm, I'm from a church that called and response. Okay? <laughs> I want to share just a few uh, thoughts of today's uh, scripture and how it relates to spiritual wholeness. The essential question, as our teachers would often give our students, the essential question this morning is how does Christ make us whole? So, in the classroom setting, I would start my lesson with a KWL. This is Education Day, right? KWL, for those who don't know, stands for what the students already know, what they want to know, and ultimately what the students will learn. So my read aloud this morning, makeshift, uh, uh, it's to share a portion of the story of the Thessalonians. The writer of the text is Apostle Paul. The main theme of the book is encouraging one another. The book is remembered for the uh, rapture book. Now, the church at Thessalonica was a small congregation and had some pressures from, from their new found faith in Christ. However, they learned to comfort one another and encourage one another to live out their faith in Jesus Christ. The church at Thessalonica was excited. Raise your hand if you've ever been excited. Glory to God. Yeah, and they were excited about their relationship with the Lord. In this letter, Paul speaks of the hope of resurrection. Yeah, Paul tells the church what will happen to those who die before the coming of the Lord. Paul tells them, glory to God, that they know that the day of the Lord's return is unexpected like a thief. Y'all know the Bible, I know. Paul tells them that they are children of light. 
Yeah, yeah. They're children of light, and, and, and they are to be on God, not sleep as others. But he tells them, glory to God, to be alert and be clear-headed, being protected by the armor of faith and love and wearing as a helmet the confidence of our salvation. Oh, glory to God. I'm glad Jesus saved me a long time ago. Now I have confidence in who he is and what he can do in my life. Now, Paul tells them to encourage one another and build each other up. Sort of what we heard this morning. We were built up by the testimony of those who spoke to us today. So Paul tells them, continue to lift each other up as you're already doing. Now, scholars, or if I were at my church, I would say brothers and sisters. This is a prayer of Paul's for the church at Thessalonica which contains great encouragement for them and us. The text goes on to say that Paul requests their complete sanctification and preservation to be holy until they die or the second coming of Jesus Christ. Yeah, sanctification, brothers and sisters, is a part of salvation in Jesus Christ that helps us, listen here, to be progressively, to progressively grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ. In other words, pulling us from our sinful nature and pushing us to be more like Christ. Say amen to that. Yeah, yeah. So Paul prays that the very God of peace sanctify, set us apart, glory to God, to them and us, holy, holy in our spirit, in our soul, as well as our body. So, so uh, to be preserved and blameless, according to the text, until the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, the gist of the read aloud that I read to you, glory to God, is a prayer made on behalf of the Thessalonians by Paul who wants them to grow in their newfound faith. Yeah, his prayer is that the God of all grace sanctify them wholly. Now, according to my KWL, my graphic organizer, if I had a bulletin board <laughs> or a whiteboard, listen to you, tell my age, bullet and so forth, blackboard, I was going to say. But nevertheless, he, according to it, we know that the Thessalonians have accepted Jesus and are excited about their salvation. Is that right? Now we have, have to find out what uh, uh, we want to know. And, of course, what are we to know from the text as it relates to being uh, 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 whole through Jesus Christ? Are y'all praying with me here? Uh, we must understand that God designed us to be a living spirit which has a soul and lives in a body. So through the grace of God, we're able to testify of the significance of Christ in every area of our lives. Yeah, so in many of our educational classes, I'm still talking education as long with, uh, with the word. So in a lot of our educational classes, and these young ladies can tell you, we teach them about the gradual release of responsibility instructional framework. Y'all know what I'm talking about, right? Mm -hmm. Yes, I figured you would. In this framework, as you help me develop what I'm about to say, uh, the teacher has the responsibility to, to present a focused lesson. That's what I'm doing to you all. I'm presenting a focused lesson. I provide guided practice. Uh, the students collaborate together about the information. Then the students apply there for themselves what they have been taught. In other words, we, uh, they, this is called independent 
practice. Yeah, so in the spiritual terms, we have to apply what we have learned according to this morning's text. So again, I repeat, if you will, the, the EQ of the morning. How does Christ make us whole? Especially since we know that it is by the grace of God that we recognize how significant Jesus is in our life. What are we to learn on today? I'm, I'm looking at the clock, so I know y'all are too. Firstly, according to the text, we learn that God can make us whole in our spirit. Yeah, it is true God wants us blameless until he returns. Our spirit has to be made whole or separated or consecrated in Jesus. Now, the word spirit means uh, pneuma in the New Testament and roha in the Old Testament. According to some scholars, the spirit is referred to as the intellectual nature, which is the seat of reason or conscience or responsibility. Are y'all with me on today? Give me a thumbs up if you're with me. All righty then. The spirit means the spirit, the Holy Spirit, means the wind and power of God as it does the breath of a person. Yeah, it is a very innermost consciousness of man. It is a dimension of human personality whereby relationship with God is possible. Let me help somebody. Romans 8 and 16 says it like this. The spirit himself testifies of our spirit that we are the children of God. Are y'all praying with me here? Paul's prayer is that they and we be whole complete. Paul begins, if you read the text, with the innermost, our spirit. Nearest to God, who is spirit, so the Holy Spirit joins in and unites himself, witnessing to our spirit. Is that right? We must understand that Christ is the life-giving spirit. We must understand that Christ will give us new life. So in other words, the spirit is the force that brings our body to life. Yeah, yeah. It is the Holy Spirit, the inner man, the son of God that dwells in us. One of my favorite scriptures, uh, scriptures in the text is when Jesus is talking to his disciples and he says, I'm going away, but I'm going to send you another comforter. And he said, and that comforter is going to be in you and he's going to dwell in you. He was talking about the coming of the Holy Spirit. So we have to have the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, so that when our spirits mingle with the Holy Spirit, we have life. Y'all praying with me here? So in other words, the Spirit gives us purpose and meaning. Our spirit, our being, when it connects with the Holy Ghost, enables us to love one another, ourselves and God. Is that right? Well, how do you allow our spirit to become whole in Jesus? We read God's Word. We apply God's word. We are constantly feeding our spirit with good things. Oh, brothers and sisters, we got to be mindful of what we say if it's not of God. We got to make sure that we careful of what we watch, what we listen to, and who we hang out with. Y'all ain't going to help me this morning. But we got to make sure our responsibility is to allow God to sanctify our spirit. Our goal is to please God. Is that right? Uh, give me a thumbs up if you understand. All right, glory to God. You got to understand God wants to make our spirits whole. Secondly, according to the text, and I'm almost out of here, God can make us whole in our soul. 
I'm just reading the text. I'm just developing the text here. Genesis 2 and 7, y'all are familiar with. And the Bible says, and God formed man from the dust of the ground and breathed into him uh, his nostrils the breath of life. And man became a living soul. Y'all with me here? Now, soul, according to Adam Clark's commentary, is the seat of different affections and passions, such as love, such as hatred, such as anger, such as sensations or appetites or uh, propensities of different kinds. Are y'all with me today? All right, wave your hand if you're with me. Glory to God. In Hebrew, it means person. The soul is reviewed as the self-conscious life of man. Yeah, the, the seed of personality. The self-conscious personality reaches out in two directions. Help me here, and I'm almost through. Yeah, it reaches out in two directions. It, it, in its relationship with the world, the soul's entire dependence upon the body for its information and responses. Yeah, the Bible says in Psalms 51 and 5, Behold, I was shaped in iniquity and sin that my mother conceived me. In other words, our body, our flesh craves the things of the world. Is that right? The fallen man has an awareness of the reality of God and the spiritual world. But in his unregenerated state, in his sinful nature, he has no direct communion with God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, in other words, when he or she is born again, glory to God, and, uh, and Christ is significant in his or her life, he and she are brought into direct relationship with God through, G through Jesus Christ in a renewed spirit. So, to be sanctified wholly in our soul, we got to change our thinking, our stinking thinking, I should say. You got to change your stinking thinking. Stop thinking about the world and the world's systems. Glory to God. But you got to grow in, our, in your Christian worldview and react and respond as Jesus would. Paul tells the church at Philippi in chapter 4, verse 8, to think about the things that are pure. Think about the things that are noble. Whatsoever things are lovely. Whatsoever things of good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any righteousness, if there be any goodness, and if there be any praise, think or meditate on these things. Are y'all praying with me here? Uh, Joshua declares in Joshua 1 and 8, this book of the law, the word of God, shall not depart out of your mouth, but meditate, think, glory to God, therein, for then, I love that transition word, then once you have meditated, the Bible says, then you shall make your way prosperous and you will have good success. Yeah, we have to change our thinking. In other words, brothers and sisters, scholars, our desires and ways should be of Jesus. Jesus, God simply says, I'm be holy for I am holy. Are y'all praying with me here? When Jesus is significant in our lives, he makes us whole in our soul. As we do in our class, clap once if you can hear me. Clap twice if you can see me. We have to change our thinking. Thirdly, and I'm almost out of here. I've got about uh, 10 minutes. According to the text, God can make us whole in our body. Y'all remember reading the text. I'm not making this up. It's in the text. Now, the body is the vessel or envelope of our nature, which only understands, listen here, the religion of senses or sensuality. 
talking about this body, this flesh. So, so uh, 1 Thessalonians 4 and 4 says that every one of you should know how to possess his vessel in sanctification and in honor. Y'all hear me now? Now, uh, 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 note, if you will, according to Steve Munch in an article I read entitled Mind, Body, and Spirit, he explains that the Greek culture, influenced by physiological dualism, teaches that man's spirit is inherently good. And man's body is inherently evil. Don't let me lose you. I'm not trying to lose you here. So it's important to note that Paul, in this particular text, glory to God, he, 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 he talks about the body in the, in the during the benediction or at the end of the text. Now understand, the body is held in low esteem. That's why you hear at graveside services, uh, uh, from uh, dust we came and from dust we shall return. Are y'all praying with me here? That's why, that's how God made us. God is calling us in our whole body, even in our nature, that we might be holy unto him. We must understand that everybody is born with a spiritual nature and a carnal mind. Because a carnal mind is enmity or hostile or opposite of the word and power of God. Are y'all with me here? That's why the flesh and the body still wants to sin after you give your life to the Lord. Oh, I know I'm talking pretty good. Y'all got to help me now. I don't got happy like I'm at my church. Yeah. In other words, the body and the flesh. This is the sin principle that exists in the fallen humanity. But it has to be crucified, put to death, uh, because our bodies crave comfort and pleasures that lead to the works of the flesh. Are y'all praying with me here? So, so we find that in Galatians chapter 5, 19 through 21, we have to remember that our body, according to 1 Corinthians 6, 19, is the temple of the Holy Spirit, which is a gift from God, which is in you and me, glory to God, and we're not our own. How many know you've been bought with a prize, uh, a price that's not your own? Oh, glory to God. We, uh, we need the presence and power of the Holy Spirit to keep our body from craving sinful deeds. Yeah, you have to give yourself, your body, completely to God. Now, according to Romans 6.13, we should use our bodies as an instrument to do what is right for the glory of God. Oh, hear me good in here. We are, uh, we are to starve our flesh and feed our spirit. Yeah, our faith, our faith, we have to feed our faith by praying and applying God's word, seeking God for in every area of our lives, making him significant. Oh, glory to God. So God wants us whole in our spirit. He wants us whole in our soul, but he also wants us whole in our body. Yeah, well, class is about time to move to the next class. It's time to move to the next subject if you were in the classroom. As I bring this uh, lesson to a close today, we are reminded that Jesus is and should be significant in our lives. Is that not right? Because we know that Christ makes the difference. Yeah, if Jesus is not Lord of your life, I beseech you, glory to God, that you will receive him as your personal Savior. Yeah, because he is the Savior of the world. Is that right? Yeah. 
He is the preeminent person that should be in our lives. So as I summarize, as most of our teachers would do in their lessons, I summarize, we read and shared information from Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23. We learned that the church at Thessalonica was excited about the gift of salvation. Ah, but Paul reminds them that his prayer is that the God of peace, glory to God, should sanctify them wholly. Glory to God. So your ticket out the door, some of y'all may not understand. In other words, before you can get out of here, you got to tell me something. That's the ticket out the door. So you got to tell me what areas, according to the text this morning, uh, God can make us whole. And your answers would be our spirit, our soul, and our body. Paul, glory to God, lets us know that each part of our uh, 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 body uh, is capable of being sanctified sanctified and uh, consecrated in the power and grace of God uh, until the second coming of Jesus Christ. In other words, brothers and sisters, just to remind you, God wants the whole man, all of us, our triconomy, to be sanctified, preserved, blameless until the coming of the Lord. So now I gradually release you to be a disciple and leader of Jesus Christ and, and, be, and let him be significant in your life. It's up to you to let God, through Jesus Christ, make you whole and be significant in your life. So as I would say in my church, glory to God, at the end of all of my sermons, I don't know whether it's my black pastor experience or what, but I would tell them Jesus died. Glory to God. Didn't he die, y'all? <laughs> but early Sunday morning. Glory to God. He got up with all power in his hand. Glory to God. And I like Romans 8 and 11. And it says, the same spirit, the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead can quicken your mortal bodies. And you can be sanctified in your spirit, sanctified in your soul and body. I come to tell you, I love him on today. He's significant in my life. I love him because he first loved me. And I appreciate everything that God has done. I heard the hymn writer say, I was sinking deep in sin, far from the peaceful shore, from the waters he lifted me. So safe am I. I'm safe today. Love lifted me. I'm glad when nothing else could help. Glory to God. When nothing could help, love lifted me. That's why I know he's significant in my life. God bless you on today. God bless you.